0: You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Christ Walk. How are you doing today? Thank you, gentlemen, for bringing that out. You know, I think if you don't know me, my name is Trevor. I'm the administ- the executive pastor here at Christ walk church. Um, every Sunday that I've been here, I've been here for four weeks. Now when we've done our huddle pre-service, uh, with the worship team, with the media team, we've discussed who's bringing the TV out and who's bringing the table out except for today. And so I, right before service, I asked pastor Blake, I was like, Hey, is anybody getting the table? And he just kind of went like this. <laughs> So I was kind of thinking there was some rookie hazing about to take place where I was going to walk out and not have a table and not have the TV, but I'm thankful that they didn't leave me high and dry because I really didn't know where this was. Um, I could probably find it, but it would have been really awkward if I'm backstage hunting for a table. I would have probably tripped over something because I don't think I've ever walked through here and... So who knows, but I'm excited to be up here today. I'm thankful to be on staff here at Christ Walk Church. I'm thankful to be a part of what God's doing. I look across this room and I see a full room and I love a full room, but what I love more is the opportunity of just in a couple of weeks on Easter Sunday when we go to two services to create more space for more people to come in because if they showed up right now, I don't know where they wanna sit Um, because they probably don't want to sit right next to you. Um, And let's be honest, you don't want to sit right next to them. Um, When you go to a movie theater, you get a little ticked off for the next two hours if you have to do the armrest dance, like who's going to get and claim territory and hold it the whole time. You don't want to sit right next to somebody. And so I can't wait to create more space for more people that are in this community Um, And I don't know if they all live here or not, but this is my first weekend being here where car show weekends happened. There's a lot more people here than I thought there was. Let's just leave it at that. I thought I left behind traffic when I left Atlanta, um, but it's followed me this weekend um, here. And so it's it's been really cool to see all the people, all the cool cars and stuff. But I really am honored to stand up here. Pastor Blake, miss sarah thank you for allowing me to stand on this platform thank you for putting your trust in me to do this today it's a passion of mine it's a it's a calling on my life and i'm honored to stand in his shoes Um, i don't take that lightly i don't take that for granted that he is allowing me to stand on the platform that god has provided to him to lead this church and so i'm thankful To stand here today. But we're continuing a series today called Obstacle or Opportunity. And I love this series. I loved as Pastor Blake and I were kind of shaping this series and leading up towards Easter, leading up towards Palm Sunday. I'm excited to walk through over the next several weeks with you various obstacles, and look at how those all can be opportunities. Scripture is full of time and time again, story and story, narrative and narrative, of obstacles that people had to face, and God continued to find opportunities for them to overcome or allow them opportunities to let God come in and intervene to be opportunities to do so. And so we're gonna continue this series. Last week, Pastor Blake kicked it off and he talked about the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And if you missed that message, it was it was awesome. It really was. And so I encourage you, go back, listen on the podcast if you like podcasts. If you're not a podcast person, you can go to YouTube. You can find it that way as well. But you need to listen to that message. You need to hear the why behind why we're going to two services. And Pastor Blake really laid that out beautifully last week and talked about the the obstacle that there's all these people sitting there and the opportunity to try to figure out a way and jesus does what only jesus can do and he and he feeds these people and and it's it really is a great great story but today we're going to continue on in our series and we're going to be in mark chapter 2 today so if you've got your bible And you have an actual paper paper Bible, I encourage you to pull it out. If you use your smartphone, go to the Bible app. That's the way I usually do it as well. And so you can go to Mark chapter 2. I'll be reading out of the NIV version today. So if you've got the app, you can change that so you can follow right along or use a different version if you want to see comparisons of that. But Mark chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to skip ahead and we're going to read verses 11 and, 12, and then we're going to spend the remainder of our time after we read this, dissecting this story together. So let's read it together. God said this, and this is what is in Mark chapter 2. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now we're going to skip ahead to verse 11. Verses 6 through 10 is Jesus having a conversation with, let's just call them the church people, where they're frustrated, the religious leaders, they're frustrated that Jesus has made this statement saying that your sins are forgiven. And this is one of various opportunities that Jesus had times that he talked to the religious people, these leaders, where they were frustrated with what Jesus was doing. But we're going to skip that part, skip to verse 11, and it says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. The man got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all, and this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for scripture, and God, we just pray right now that as you are with us in this place that over the next 30 or so minutes, God, that you would speak through me. Let this be your words, not mine. And God, that you would allow something that is said today to prick the heart of every person that's listening. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So today I want us to look at this story. If you've been in church for any length of time, if you've opened your Bible at any given time, you've probably ran across this story. It's it's a really cool story. It's a story where Jesus heals a man who can't walk. There's guys that bring this man to Jesus, they lower him through the roof, down to Jesus. Jesus tells him his sins are forgiven, and then tells him, Hey, take your mat and get out of here. Walk home. Something that this guy had never been able to do. And so Today, we're going to look at this this story from probably a different perspective than you may have ever looked at it before. A lot of times when we look at these stories, we focus on Jesus, which that's an important person to focus on, and he is a really big part of this story. But we also focus on, oftentimes, the person that is actually healed. But today, I want to look at a different group of people. Today, I want to spend the rest of our time focusing on the men that got this man to Jesus. This group of guys, it said several of them and he was carried by four of them. The way it's written, it makes me think that there was probably more than four guys because it says several men came and he was carried by four of them. So let's just call this group five or six. There's five or six guys and they're coming along and they bring this guy to Jesus. And so that's the place that we're going to spend our time today focusing on them. And there's three ways that we're gonna look today that we can turn obstacles into opportunities. And so the first way that we can look at this story and turn an obstacle into an opportunity is we must be willing to sacrifice our time. You gotta be willing to sacrifice your time. Mark chapter two, verse three, it said, some men came bringing to him, referring to Jesus, a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Now, scripture doesn't even tell us these guys' names. Scripture doesn't give us any backstory. We don't know if this is one of the guys that's carrying him cousin or brother. We don't know if this is just a random act of kindness that they just see this man laying on the side of the road and they decide we're gonna take him to Jesus. We've heard that Jesus is teaching in this house. We've heard that Jesus has healed other people before. And so maybe they knew him, maybe they grew up and they played with this boy at that time in the sand because he couldn't walk and they knew where he was. We don't really know any relational context, but that's kind of irrelevant to the story because what they did, whether they knew him well or didn't know him at all, is they took some time out of their day. They sacrificed some time. They, they got up on a Saturday morning. They got up on a Tuesday and they said, well, I could do a lot of other things today. It's Friday afternoon. I could be spending time with my family. I could be doing some gardening. I could be hanging out at the beach, whatever it is that they would have done. But instead they said, I'm gonna sacrifice some time. I know where that guy is. Let's go get him. Let's get some us, a group of us together. Let's give of our time and let's go serve him and so that's what they did they they get together and they go and they find this guy and again we don't know maybe they were just walking down the road and they said hey let's just stop and help this man maybe it was intentional maybe they had been tracking waiting for Jesus to come so they could get him but regardless, they sacrificed some time and that's what you and I have to do if we're going to turn obstacles into opportunities we must be willing to give up some time the second thing that we can do if we're going to turn an obstacle into an opportunity is we must be willing to do whatever it takes we got to be willing to do whatever it takes look at this in verse four it says since they could not get him to jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on now i told the students when i was speaking at youth this past wednesday night That when I study scripture, I try to find opportunities and ways to put myself into the story. It helps me to understand what's really taking place here. And as I've studied scripture throughout my life, that's kind of what I've done. Who would I have been in the story? How would I have responded if I would have been there? And so that's what I did with this story. And so I was thinking about myself, what what would it have looked like if I was one of the guys carrying this man? I've already sacrificed some time. I've already given up of my Tuesday morning, and I'm here. I'm committed. I'm in. We're carrying him. He's heavy. He probably smells a little bit. I probably smell a little bit. I'm sweaty. We finally get to this house, and we look, and we see that there's this massive group of people there. It said that there were so many people that they couldn't even get all into the door. And so we get up to the house. We can't even think about getting inside. But there's people looking through the windows. There's people that are standing pressed up against the door just trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. Just trying to hear what Jesus has to say. And so I get there and I have to just picture that I'm holding him. And it had to have been pretty deflating. Like we have this great idea. We're going to take this guy to Jesus. And we walk up to the crowd and we're like, excuse me like, can we get through like lame man here? And so we're trying to get, and nobody's budging. Like they got there, they've got their spot. They can hear, they can see. They're not giving their spot to me. And so we come back and we probably set him down and we're, we probably walk away from him so it's not awkward to talk about him while he's laying there on his mat. And we say, what do we do? Like we tried, like that's, that's good enough, right? Like, it's the thought that counts. How many times have we said that in our life? Like, it's the thought that counts. Like, I did a good thing today. And I got to imagine, like, if I was there, I would have probably been the guy that says, hey, I got an idea. I'm an idea man. What if we put him right next to the sidewalk? Because then when Jesus leaves, at some point, he's got to leave the house. He's not staying there forever. When he walks out the front door, he'll have to walk right by him. I'm a genius, right? (laughs) Right? Like, we can feel good about ourselves. Hey, let's go tell Joe. Hey, Joe, listen, this is the plan. We're going to leave you right here. We can't get you out, man. We tried. We're going to put you right here. And as Jesus walks out, he's going to have to walk like this far from you. It'll be perfect. Like, Jesus wouldn't walk by him. This is a plan. Let's give him a snack. Let's give him some water. He can sit right here, and Jesus will leave at some point. Anybody else think they would have probably come up with a plan like that? It's okay. It's okay. I'm the only one. That's fine. You'd have all been better than me. That's good. I'm glad. But I got to imagine that there's one guy in the group. There's one. He's the real dreamer. He's the real passionate. He cares about people more than I do. Like he loves people. And he said, I don't think that's good enough. And I'd have probably been like, what are you talking about? Like, what else can we do? And he goes, go with me for a second. And he said one of those scary phrases that people say sometimes. He said, I got a crazy idea, right? When you hear that, you go, oh no, this is going to take a lot of work. Crazy ideas usually mean sweat. And so he goes, I got a crazy idea. What if we try to get this guy up onto that guy's roof? And what if you run home and you grab some tools from your house and you run home and you grab that big piece of rope and let's get him up on the roof and let's cut a hole in the roof. Let's tie his mat up and let's lower him down to Jesus. I would have said, that's the terrible idea. (laughs) I would have said, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. That's what they did. And so it's a group of guys that rally together and they say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to go up on a roof and I'm willing to make a homeowner mad. Like imagine that's your house. You're pretty ticked off. Like we hear this story, we read about it. Like, it's just awesome. But you gotta imagine that once they start digging a hole, someone's outside screaming at them. If it's my roof, I know like we're exchanging some words if you're up on my roof, just cutting a hole in it, right? But that's what happened. And so they're like, I don't care. Like, hey, you go play security. You go fight the guy, like it's his house. Like, Do whatever you got to do, but we're doing whatever it takes to help this guy. We got to sacrifice our time. We got to be willing to do whatever it takes. I remember a season of ministry that Pastor Blake and I actually spent on staff together at a church, and we were portable. So every Sunday morning, we got up really early, and we drove all of the equipment, and we set up church in a high school. We had service, and then after service, we tore it all down. And there was a a lot of awesome memories that took place. We did a 209 Sundays. I was there for all 209. I think Pastor Blake and Miss Sarah joined us like five or six months into year one. So you were probably at 185 of those, give or take. So we did a lot of portable church together in that season. And being portable requires a mentality of you sometimes just have to do whatever it takes to do ministry. I mean, this morning we had a light that just decided to be a disco like room, right? And so it was just kind of one of those weird, like, we got to do whatever it takes. Let's just start unplugging things and figuring out. But it took a mentality of you got to do whatever it takes. It was one Sunday we showed up and we went into the school. We were meeting in a high school and we showed up and got there and there was no water to the building at all. Well, you think you don't have to have water to have church. Think about flushing toilets. You get several hundred people there and no toilet will flush more than one time. You're going to have a problem about three people in. And so we were, like, questioning, well, do we just cancel church? Do we have church? What can we do? Like, I don't think we can sanitize anything. Like, and we had a guy come up, and he said, I have a crazy idea. I like people like this. I'm like, all right, I'm listening, Gary. What's up? He said, I live about three miles from here. He said, we'll send someone to Kroger, and they'll grab a bunch of hand sanitizers, and we put hand sanitizers at each sink. And he said, I'll get a bunch of the 55-gallon trash cans that are here at the school. I'll take them to my house, and we'll just run back and forth from my house all morning, filling them up with water from my water hose. We'll bring those in and dump water in the toilets so people can flush toilets. Let's do it. So, Gary got a bunch of trash cans, put them in the back of his truck, and we just hauled water all Sunday morning. Someone would come out of the bathroom, and we'd go in there with a bucket and dump water in the toilet so the next person in could flush the toilet because we were willing to do whatever it took. There was another Sunday we showed up, and we were about 85% done setting everything up. We'd worked hard for hours, and the power goes out. There was an accident out at the main road, they hit a transformer power's out it's going to be hours before power's back on i'm like well we can't have church in the dark like we've got to cancel today like yeah, the emergency exit lights but the kids rooms are all dark you can't throw babies in dark rooms they're going to be scared and so we're having conversations of well, like what can we do like i guess we have to cancel and someone said what'd they say I have a crazy idea thank you you're picking up and they said, what if we set up all of our kids' rooms in the hallway? And what if we set up out in the main lobby a stage and do worship out there? And so that's what we did. We started just pulling chairs from any classroom. I think there's people like sitting for church, like in desk that had like a desk in front. Of, like we don't tell anybody this, but like we broke into the band room to get some equipment that didn't have to be powered up. We're rolling the like upright piano out of the band room down the hall. Cause like it proudly like broke in to like steal a piano from high school. And so we get all this set up. We got an upright bass, an acoustic guitar, like it was awesome because we were willing to do whatever it took. This morning, I got here and I was out in the lobby and someone came in. And they said, where are the tools that we use to pick up geese poop? (laughs) Geese poop is like an issue here. And someone was out there cleaning up geese poop because you don't want to step on that coming into church, walking on the sidewalk. And if you did step in it today because we missed some, you can take that complaint up with someone other than me. (laughs) No, you can come to me with that complaint. It's fine. It's fine but it was the mentality of I'm willing to do whatever it took. Anything and everything. I'll be out here cleaning up geese poop. And that's not a fun job. But it's having the same mentality as these men that get to an issue, that get to a problem and say, I don't, I don't really know what to do right now. I don't really know how to move forward, but we're gonna try to figure it out. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get someone to Jesus. So my question to you is, is are you willing to go up to a roof? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? If we continue the story on, Jesus heals the man. Look at verse five again. It says this, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 11, it says, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. So he got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This story is awesome. These guys, they dig a hole. They do all this hard work. They lower this guy in down on a rope. Jesus is down there like you gotta know as they're digging this hole, as dirt and stuff starts to fall in, it's falling in on Jesus' head. Like it's a mess in there, it's dusty, but they've done all this stuff. These guys have lowered him down. Jesus forgives his sins, and then he heals them. And here's the biggest part of this story. While all of this is taking place, Jesus is healing a man. He gets up and he walks. You know where the guys that did all the work are? You're still on the roof. They did all this work and they're not even there when the miracle happens. And that leads us to our third point. The third way to take an obstacle and turn it into an opportunity is we must be willing to not be in the room when the miracle happens. So many times in our lives, we can get so caught up in trying to make sure that we get the acknowledgement. That we feel that we deserve. I did this hard work. I made this happen. Look at me. See me. See what I've done. I've put in all this effort. I expect to get my shoulder patted on and somebody's saying, Good job. This group of guys, they see a problem. They see someone hurting. They see someone broken. And they pick him up and they carry him to Jesus. And it would have been easy to just say, Well, we did this, we got you close enough go that extra step. They do whatever it takes. They get him up to the roof. They're up on this roof with the guy. They're digging the hole. They're sweating. They're dirty. They're lowering him down. They're worn out. And then they're standing up on the roof. They're trying to look in. There's people crammed, if you remember, up against the windows, up against the doors. They're probably blocking most of the natural light from coming into this room. So it's probably pretty dark down there. And they're trying to peer down into this hole And they're trying to listen in to see what's happening. And and they're holding each other because they don't want to fall in, because you don't want to fall on Jesus. You don't want to be that guy. And so they're standing close enough to try to see. And one of them goes, Is he moving? I can't, I can't tell. Shh, be quiet. I'm trying to listen. And when the miracle takes place, they're not even there to see it. But I did all this work. Jesus, why didn't you say, hey, make room. Those guys deserve to be here for this. But he didn't do that. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about what can we do to help someone else get to their miracle. Right now, you're sitting in this room. There's a group of people over here that are rock stars. It's the kids team. And they're over there and they're teaching kids about Jesus. And they're playing with toddlers. And they're changing diapers and holding crying babies. I know they're holding at least one that's crying because mine was crying when we dropped her off. <laughs> so there's one at least. They're, they're holding crying babies. They're loving on kids. And I got to think while they're over there. It'd be really easy for them, and I've talked to them, and they don't have this mentality, and it's amazing that they don't. But it'd be really easy to be over there and just kind of bitter a little bit of, well, I'm missing what's happening over there. I'm not hearing what's happening. Man, someone may get saved today, but I'm not there to see it. But you know how that happens? You know how things take place in here? It's because mom and Dad's know someone's loving my babies over there because someone's sacrificing their time it's because someone's willing to do whatever it takes and then willing to say hey there's great things happening in that auditorium god's doing awesome things in someone's lives but i'm willing to not be in the room when the miracle takes place i'm willing to be over there there's guys in the parking lot there's services team members that man like it gets hot in florida i don't know if you know that or not like spoiler alert summer's coming And evidently, mosquitoes like it here. Um, This is news to me. Blake didn't tell me these things when he said, hey, come move to sunny, awesome Florida. I didn't know the state bird was mosquito. (laughs) But there are people that serve on the guest services team that are saying, I'm willing to be out here and make sure people know how to park and make sure people know where they're going and make sure people are having an incredible experience in that room. And I'm gonna be out there and I may miss something. I may not be there when that couple that I've been praying for, that their marriage is holding on by a thread. When they say enough's enough, we're committing and we're going all in. They may miss that. I want to finish with this one question or with this one statement. And then I'm going to ask you a question after I say this statement. The statement is this. It says, your serving won't save you but it might save someone else. When you serve, when you go above and beyond, when you sacrifice your time, when you give up of something that you have, and time is our most precious resource. When you say, I'm giving of my time, when I'm willing to do whatever it takes, and when I'm willing to not be in the room when God does what only God can do, Your serving may not save you, but you're going to be a part of some amazing God stories. And you say, well, how am I a part? I'm just holding a baby. How am I a part? I'm just parking cars. Because they're sitting in this room because you helped them get here. And they're not fighting the toddler right now because you're willing to say, God, here I am. Here's my open hands. I'm willing to climb up on a roof, I'm willing to stay there while God does something incredible. So my question to you is, is what do you do next? What's next? What's your next step? Where do you go from here? What are you gonna do after today ends? Maybe you're sitting in the room and you just say, I don't really know where to go, but I know that I'm willing to find someone laying in a ditch my prayer and this sounds crazy to pray but just go with me for a second i've started praying god help me find people in ditches god help me find people that are laying on the side of the road that no one else is willing to help and i'm willing to say hey i know this place that you can go meet a guy named jesus I don't know what it looks like, but when we get there, it may not go perfect, but I want you to know that if I have to, I'll put a ladder up against the side of the building, and I'll drag you up this ladder on my back, and I'll get a saw out, and I may have to call some friends because I don't really know if I know how to cut a hole in a roof, but I'll find a guy, and we'll figure this out together because I'm not giving up on you. And then I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to probably have to go buy a winch because I don't want to drop you because I don't know if I'm strong enough to lower a guy. But we'll go get that winch, and we'll come back, and I'll strap you in. We'll already cut the hole, and man, I'll lower you down so that you can drop right at the feet of Jesus. And I'll stay up there, and I'm not going to come down, and I'm not going to try to say, hey, look at me, I did all this work. I'm going to stay on the roof, and I'm just going to pray for you. God, touch him, be with him, be with her. Touch that family, touch that marriage, touch their kids. And here's my challenge to you today I want, to jo- I want you to join me in having that mentality. I want you to leave here today and say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, I'm willing to sacrifice some of my time. And so, what's that look like? That may look like you jumping onto a serving team here, it might. It might look like you saying, I got some really fun things that I plan on doing today. Weather's pretty pretty. I was going to go do something. I'm going to cancel all my plans. I'm going to be at Discover Track today. Yeah. You're like, well, I haven't signed up. I don't care if you signed up. I ordered a lot of pizzas for lunch today. Just believing that either one or two things is going to happen. I got somebody that's hoping a bunch of people don't show up because they can have a lot of pizza. <laughs> it's cheat day on your fast if you're fasting. For Lent, like you can eat some pizza today, but if you're like, I got plans, cancel them. Be here. Say, I wanna, I wanna sacrifice my time because I'm ready to be able to start making a lot of difference in the lives of others. And so I'm gonna attend Discover Track. I've already gone through Discover Track. Join a serve team, man. Going to two services makes it so easy for you to say now's the time we're doubling everything if you show up right now and you say well they don't really need me like there's people parking cars and there's people taking care of babies you can't use that excuse anymore we got to double everything we need twice as many kids workers we need twice as many guest services team members we need twice as many people to make it happen because we're doing it twice Maybe you can say, now's the time. Now's the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop my plans. I'm going to be at Track today. I'm going to make adjustments to my schedule so I can make sure that I can serve on Sundays because I want to be out there praying for somebody that's in here. I want to not be in the room. I want to find people in ditches. I want to carry them to church. I want to invite my neighbors. I want to invite my coworkers. The lady that checks you out at Publix every time you go that you just fail to have a conversation with, you're gonna start now. I'd love to invite you to my church. Come on Easter, be here, invite people. You can make a difference, but it's gonna gonna mean you get a little uncomfortable. It's gonna mean you may have to sweat a little bit. It's gonna mean you have to get, get gonna work a little hard, your hands get a little messy you're in the nursery i hope your hands don't get messy because that's a whole different mess it's going to take you opening your hands as pastor blake said last sunday one of my favorite scriptures in all of the bible is mark chapter 10 verse 45 it says for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many throughout the Gospels, and they tell this narrative of the life of Jesus. One of my favorite aspects of all of that is a majority of the story is not of Jesus' death, but it's actually of Jesus' life. The death's the best part. The death is what matters to us. Because he died for you and he died for me. But sometimes we fail to forget to look at the fact of how did Jesus' life, what did he model his life to look like? And he modeled his serving people. Last week we talked about, man, he could have been frustrated that 5,000 people showed up, but he wasn't. He could have been ticked off that some guys were digging a hole above his head and getting dirt in his hair, but he wasn't. Told the man, man, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. And then the religious people got frustrated at him and he says, hey, get up, take your mat. You don't have to sit here and listen to this and walk out of here. I wanna be a part of those stories. And more than I wanna be, I really want you to be. And so today, maybe it's the day you say, I'm going to Discover Track. I'm joining a serve team. I'm gonna give of my time. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And I'm willing to help other people get to their miracles. God, we love you. God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for stories like this found throughout scripture, God, that help us to see the example to live by. And so God, I pray right now for myself. I pray right now for the other people that are in this room. God, help each and every one of us to first identify the fact that we need you in our lives. So God, we're in this room today, God, all we have to do is we have to admit that we're a sinner. We have to believe in who you are and that you sent your son to die for us. We must commit our lives to live for you. And so God, I pray right now that if anybody's in here, they would just say, God, I need you in my life. And scripture tells us if even one person enters into relationship with Jesus, that all of heaven celebrates. And so God, I pray for those people that need to take that step. And God, maybe we've already taken that step in our faith journey. And so God, the next step is to try to live our lives modeled after Jesus. And that is to have servant hearts. And so God, maybe our next step is to find the person in the ditch that needs to get to Jesus, that's laying on the side of the road. And that may look like attending Discover Track. That may look like jumping onto a serve team. That's that looks like finding ways to get people to Jesus. And so God, let us live our lives with open eyes and with open hands saying, God, help me to find people that need you. And God, give us the ability to step back and step out of the way and say, God, you do what only you can do. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.